Fantastic. Do you know how long we've been waiting for this? So freaking <laughs> long. Oh my goodness. I feel like we've been waiting all year for this type of weather. Absolutely. I think we've had like maybe three straight days with no rain. Has Isn't it been? I know. Something like that. Because then when we were like, okay, we think it's summer or whatever, then it was chilly. Right. Yep. It wasn't raining, but then it was chilly. Yep. And then when it stopped being chilly, then the rain came. Yes. And we've just been like, please, let's get some sun. And summertime, yes. It's officially summer. Where's our bell? Here we go. Look. It is officially summertime. I am out of school. Yay. Our last day. Listen. (laughs) Our last day was Wednesday. And I have never in my life been more happy to release kids to their parents. (laughs) Like, I really don't. Yeah. It's really the start of summer for you then. Woo! It was legit probably the happiest day. Yeah. Of my life. And I, you know, and I really enjoy my kids. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy them. I love them. This was, um, and I've said this multiple times, this was like the first year that I really enjoyed my class. But honey, was I happy. Like, all right, y'all. See you later. Gotta go. (laughs) It's a lot of work. My hat goes off to you to be able to be in a profession where you have to deal deal with kids every day because I'm known for you didn't even want kids you didn't even want kids and so to have to deal with them every day it makes you not want kids like I I went in there like of course I want a family and I still do right but like it's it's great birth control like um, I don't know man I don't even know I have no idea what up Ish how you doing girl Good morning, everybody. Good We're morning. just talking about this beautiful, sunny. Listen, everybody Saturday. is out, and the traffic is crazy, right? I've never had this much traffic coming here. So. It's ridiculous. But I'm here. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in this morning. And if you are new to this platform, you are listening to Vault Talks Women Share. Um, and the Vault Talks Women Share radio show is a platform full of empowerment. It's a place where women can come together to learn more and share about matters which pertain to their world. It is on this platform where women will be able to share about fashion, love, relationships, current event, 
business entrepreneurship entrepreneurship that's a big word support and of course ways to be empowered as women i'm gonna (laughs) ring the bell on that now i know some of you who are our faithful listeners are like, oh my goodness, this is not Takara. That's right, because you guessed it, y'all. She left us again. <laughs> she was throwing all that shade on Isha, who left one time. Right. And this is what, her like fifth time leaving? Takara be out there. She be out. <laughs> oh, by the way, I won't be there next week. Oh my goodness, I won't be there. That's l- legit what she does oh, to us. Goodness. But we're here. We're going to hold it down. Per usual, because that's what we do. Right. Um, I'm excited. We have some really awesome guests. Our first guest is going to, well, not our first guest, but one of our guests, um, you know, for the month of June, we are talking about dope dads. So we have a really dope dad um, who is calling in a little bit later, around like 945-ish, so... Um, but we have one of our guests, Ms. Crystal, in the building, and we were talking earlier, and I'm so excited to talk to her because mm-hmm. she's like a hair and scalp I scientist. Know. So, and you know, we're the natural girls over here, so we're always <laughs> trying to figure out what are we doing with our lives, right. <laughs> aka our hair. <laughs> what are we supposed to be doing? Right. <laughs> So we're going to go into who you are a little bit later in the show, but can you just give a brief description about who you are? So thank you for having me. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to just come and join because empowerment is so important for women. And hair is, it really is a source of our empowerment. And whether or not we have it or not Mm -hmm. can really dictate our moods and how we feel about ourselves. So um, some people choose not to have hair, like Takara mm-hmm. went a long time, you know, where <laughs> she, she just shaved her. Yes, I wish my forehead would like, no, and I say this all the time. I know my struggle. So like I have a big forehead mm-hmm. I and it's round. I do not have the face or the forehead, whatever, for me to shave off and go bald like I just don't and I wish I did sometimes yeah so you're so right even with hairstyles a lot of people don't you know appreciate how your face can play a role into Mm -hmm. what accentuates your your beauty within so um, just to answer your question my name is Dr. Crystal Porter and as a hair scientist um, I help to empower hair practitioners with knowledge And I conduct a research and disseminate that information to hair practitioners because what I have found is that most people go to hair practitioners such as barbers, cosmetologists, trichologists, and I'll get into trichology a little later, but they go to these, the people who they readily see Mm -hmm. who are doing hair. And at first I wanted to empower individuals or the general public. And it turns out that they were asking questions or having needs that I could not fulfill because I study hair, I don't do hair. Mm. And most people are into the aesthetics and they're saying, not only what products should I use, but I don't even want to deal with my hair. Mm. So I was like, I'm not the person for you. (laughs) Right. I don't do hair, so I need to connect you with someone who I trust. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is very difficult. Gotcha. To find people that I am confident will take care of an individual that I refer them to because it's my reputation on the line. So it's their hair. Yes. Yes. 
I know I'm scared about different hairstylists and people in my head, so I can understand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I cannot wait to talk about this later. <laughs> but we just have a surprise guest who just walked in the building. Hey, y'all. Hey, it's our favorite hey, Liz. Liz. How you doing, girl? We're great. We're Good. we're still talking about the sunshine. That's I don't know. I just I just I woke up on the right <laughs> side of the bed this morning, so I'm well, just really good. excited. Good. Praise God good. for that. Yeah. All right. So as you guys know, we always start the show off with a quote. Are you guys ready? Yes. All right. Oh, just in time, Liz. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect time. Here we go. Self-discipline begins with the mastery of your thoughts. Mm. If you don't control what you think. You can't control what you do. Mm. One more game for the people in the back. Yeah. Our- <laughs> 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 okay. Self-discipline begins with the mastery of your thoughts. If you don't control what you think, you can't control what you do. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Yeah. You mm. hit us with the deep mm. today. Yes, <laughs> come on. Um, I definitely agree with that. I think that um, deals with a lot of self-talk, too. Mm. Like the things that we say to ourselves. Yes. Um, and the things that we think that we can and cannot do. Um, I know for the past, like, three months, I've been working out consistently. Like and you look great, day. by the Thank way. Thank you, girl. <laughs> but every day, as before, you know, I was not a workout person, like, at all. I mm-hmm. just, you know, despised it. But I've been consistent, and it's because, like, I have made up in my mind. Like, I want to... Oh, that's so rude. <laughs> I want to see um, the results. So if yeah. I want to see the results, I have to do the work. So I have to keep telling mm-hmm. myself that you know, you have to do the work. And it's the self-talk and the things that you say that will, like they said, determine what you do. Um, Thoughts are very powerful. Words are even more powerful. So if you talk and speak positively to yourself, have positive thoughts, then you'll be able to do positive things. So I definitely agree with that quote. Oh, my gosh. I am always telling my daughter, get out your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because she is always in her head and poo-pooing on stuff. And I'm like, you know, stop (laughs) that. You are making it fail before it even had a chance. There's nothing in the universe saying that this shouldn't happen, you know. So, yeah, we do get in our our own head. But the problem is it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, so we have to figure out how to overcome what just kind of naturally tries to trickle into our minds. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Um, that's powerful that you say that because your speech and how you, sometimes it's what, what happens in the silence is exactly what needs to be done on the outside. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, digging deeper within to yourself. Um, what are you telling yourself? What are your affirmations that you're saying out loud? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Even though no one's there watching you, what are you saying? out loud Mm -hmm. what are you promoting in your life so you have to make sure that um not everyone's going to agree with you but as long as you you continue on your faith walk on your journey Mm -hmm. and understand it has nothing to do with anyone else and what they got going on in their life Mm -hmm. because your journey your walk is not going to be the same as someone else's yeah so i mean yeah the power of your words the power of your um how you control your emotions 
mm-hmm. when other people kind of get in the way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely such a deep and revelation because if you're not able to just take in, like hone in to what it is that you want, mm-hmm. hone into who you desire to be, don't worry about all the outside things that come about. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, but it can be done. Mm-hmm. It can. Definitely can be done. It really can. When I think of this, I just think about, like, living a life with intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is hard to not get inside of your own, your own head. You know what I mean? Um, these past few weeks for me, that's literally what I've been doing. Like, I'm literally having to retrain my mind and it is the most difficult thing because I can wake up one day and I'll have all the affirmations. I'm great. I'm going to do this and I'll be fine. And then somewhere along the day, it's like a thought to creep in. One little thing, one little negative thing or somebody may say something to trigger something. And then it's like I'm, I feel like I'm back to square one. So I've had to be really intentional about like you were talking about affirmations, Liz, and self-talk. And um, I'm finding myself that I'm getting better at thinking positive things, you know what I mean? Um, And then I also had to be um, gracious with myself because the things that I've been thinking about myself, you know, it didn't happen overnight, you know what I mean? And I've been thinking these things for years so all that positive stuff isn't going to like be embedded in my brain and in my thoughts overnight you know what I mean of course we always want to see that quick change and so then when it's like okay well I've been doing this for like five hours like I don't understand why there's no change like uh this don't work so I'm learning to be realistic with myself and gracious with myself and really be intentional about um, my thoughts and then even in that like not going through what I'm going through alone um, I've been intentional about who I confide in and when I don't feel like myself or I do have those thoughts I'll text like my accountability like hey this is how I'm feeling right now like can you pray for me and then I'll get a phone call like alright girl like let's let's get this work you know what I mean so that's been helpful for me um, and just like really asking and God, my relationship with God has definitely gotten a lot um, deeper. But man, that whole work piece and not like giving up and like keep pressing forward that I had like a scream match with God. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Why did I get to deserve Like, come this? on, like, man. What's going on? This is dumb. This is so <laughs> and then he was like, you finished or are you done? Right. Because when you realize, like, you go through things so that mm-hmm. you can then help somebody else, um, then it puts things into perspective. But when you're going through, you'd be like, man, F this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> For real. So in moments like that, what are some things that you ladies do? Like, if you're having a negative thought or... Whatever the case may be, what are some things that you guys do in order to kind of overcome that? Like, I go off on me. Oh, I thought you might say, I go off. <laughs> no, 
like I go off on myself. Like yeah. the same thing, like I would tell someone else if they're telling me, you know, if they're telling me they're going through the things that I'm going mm. through, I talk to myself that way. You check yourself. I check oh, that's myself. Good. Yeah, like girl, get yourself together. That ain't nothing but the devil. Like mm-hmm. keep pushing, keep going. But I think it, like you said, your relationship with God is very important, but also like your relationship with the person in the mirror. Like, can you look at yourself and really be comfortable mm-hmm. and really compliment yourself and really believe it? Like, you are beautiful, you are smart, you are this and that, or whatever, you know, you feel positively about yourself. And once you're comfortable with that, it'll make it that much more easier to kind of move forward and mm-hmm. press on. And, you know, I'm I'm smart, I'm this, I can do this, and then, you know, just tackle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I have this thing nowadays that it's, what do I go to sleep with? So if I'm on Netflix, of course, I'm not getting nothing what I need out of that. Yeah. Like, Netflix ain't teaching you nothing. I watched uh, When You See Us last night. Yeah. I cried uh-huh. my poor little See, heart out. I haven't worked up the courage to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, y'all haven't seen it. I won't talk mm-hmm. about it then. Um, but uh, after watching that, it was earlier in the day. It was like 4 o'clock when I watched it. And then later on in the day, I said I have to change this perspective that I have in my mind now. Mm. Because if I go to sleep like this, then I'm not really going to sleep. My mind's going to be actively jumping and thinking all sorts of things. And my sleep will no no longer be restful. Mm. It won't be peaceful where I wake up feeling I'm at peace. Mm. I'm at, you know, I'm whole within myself. Mm. Um, So I find myself playing either, you know, the Bible where the audio talk just talks to me and it talks to me to sleep. Mm-hmm. Where it's, I used to think that was a negative thing, but honestly, it was uh, to put my mind into perspective. I'm listening to the Lord, I'm listening Absolutely. to your word. I may not understand it all because that's not my way of ministry, mm-hmm. but I, I can listen to it and feel my, my heartbeat slow. It's planting down. seeds. Yes, yeah. and it just it slows me down, it, it makes my heart at peak, at calm. Mm-hmm. And I'm now in a place where it's like I'm more accepting. And when I wake up in the morning, I notice the difference. Mm-hmm. I'm more, like, relaxed. I'm in tune with what I need to do. I wake up way more refreshed. Mm-hmm. And I wake up earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay? I never knew. I, I always wondered. I was like, how does that connect for me to go to, like, I go to bed at midnight. Last night I went to bed about midnight and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I woke up at, like, 730 I was like, okay, I got this. That's early. That's early for you. Lady. That's early for me. Like, I like to sleep. Uh, okay, no one knows my struggle. God knows I love my sleep. He said, "Go ahead, baby. You go go to bed. Go to bed." Okay. Because all the other times I can say last year when I used to wake up at five thirty to go to work, and now I no longer have to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't I'm get them going extra hours. I okay. know that's right. <laughs> going to bed. Get Whatever time my mind wakes up is when my body wakes up and it's like, okay, I'm ready. She's reclaiming her time. <laughs> wow. I don't feel like I'm missing anything either in the morning. Like, I'm good. Right. I could go to the gym, but no. I'll go at nine. I know. <laughs> so can I just say how impressed I am about how intentional you ladies are with getting out of your own head Mm -hmm. because I would have to say I'm probably the only Gen Xer here. You guys are much younger, Mm -hmm. but I, I'm not that intentional. And and that's a problem Mm -hmm. because if you face it head on, then you can probably be more successful in overcoming what it is that's in your head. Mm -hmm. And 
as you were talking, I'm like, how do I really deal with that? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure that I do. And that's a problem. So what are some of the things that you do? It's more, so my oldest daughter and I are very alike. It is uncanny how, <laughs> how much alike we are. And it was very hard raising her because she could easily remove herself from a situation emotionally. So I would like time out, spankings. Ev I tried everything and she found joy in a whole bunch of things. She would just self-soothe, which is very good, mm -hmm. but then you're not really facing the problem. And so when it comes up again, you kind of go back to the, to square one. Mm -hmm. And so it's good and it's bad. Right. Yeah. And so that's one of the ways that we're very similar. I self-soothe very well so i just kind of just remove myself from the situation without tackling it What's head self soothing like so what? just finding something else to do okay yep. just not even <laughs> confronting what it is you really need so to you kind of like bury those yeah you just exactly kinda, yeah. yes yes and it, like i said i'm so impressed with the intention that you ladies have because Unfortunately, with my personality, I don't really deal with it. So mm. it is getting out of my own head, but it's not necessarily in a Dealing. way that makes me push past whatever it is that I need to work on. Gotcha. I used to um, do that. Yeah, I used to do that. I remember back as a child when my mom used to punish me. For, I mean, I did some crazy things back then. But, um, <laughs> she would punish me and then she would send me to my room and I would find something to do. And if that meant reading, she'd take my books away because she wanted me to feel. Yeah, you, you and reflect on what you did. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, like, right, what, right. I would find something else to do. And right, she right. took away everything. <laughs> and I would go to sleep. I was just getting ready to sleep. That's you what I did. Do. Yeah. <laughs> you and she just, from that. she just didn't have, I mean, spanking was one thing. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. I get it. I got, I got hurt. Ow, that stings. But I, it never really phased me to the point where it was like, oh, I feel remorse. Mm. Oh, I don't want to do that again. Like, I'm not going to do that Shoot, again. Shoot, I, I did. I did. Huh. I'm just not going to get caught again. Okay? I'm just get not going to get caught. I'm not going to. My friends used to snitch on me like, Bebe. Well, my nickname as growing up was Bebe. Bebe did this. Mama, Mommy Danielle, did she did that. Oh. And they snitched. What? what kind of friends you got? That's right. terrible. Me and my I mean, friends would I, take a lot to the top, gosh. okay? Girl, I wish I had friends like that, but not. Oh, my God. I don't know none of them no more, but whatever. <laughs> but literally, I, I totally understand that. That's so soothing part because, I mean, I've been, I've been uh, placed in so many different homes and so many, not because my parents didn't want me or that, you know, child CPS came and got me or nothing like that, but because that was my culture. So mm -hmm. I was placed in so many different lifestyles that I just adapt mm -hmm. very easily. And I was just like, all right, whatever. I mean, this is different. Okay, this is cool. I'll get it together. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it left like where I bottled up all my feelings mm -hmm. and never expressed them. It took me yeah. years before I got to the yeah. point where mm -hmm. I found that one good friend. And then I started finding them in different places, different states. And it's like now I have a collective of, well, I got a different friend here and a best friend there and a best friend here. And they all know me for almost the same kind of reasons and a different type of aspects where I'm able to let go and vent 
and say, and no matter who I vent to, they get me. Yeah. And that's God doing, okay? Because mm-hmm. literally there's no other way for me to explain it where it's like, well, you know, sometimes you just have to let go. Whatever it is that you're doesn't it feel good the, though? Oh God, doesn't it feel good? and you feel lighter? Because I legit used to be the same way. Um, going to sleep was my go-to. If something was like too heavy, I'm gonna just go to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize like not dealing with those emotions um, was really hindering me in other relationships mm-hmm. that I wanted to form, whether it was a friendship or a romantic relationship. Because what I've found is that that stuff is always going to come back in it's some there. way, shape, or form <laughs> until you deal and get to the root of everything. Um, and I used to be against therapy. And I'm like, no, like, because I didn't talk. You know what I mean? There would be things that I would go through. And then I would probably tell, like, a friend or something, like, six months later. And they're like, what? Like, why didn't you say anything? And I'm like, oh, it's no big deal. They're like, girl, this is a big deal. What do you mean? So now that I have discovered that releasing all of that is healing and it's helpful, I'm like, look, I'm out here trying to break generational curses mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's hard, and it's so difficult because I, I, like, see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm like, all right, I got to keep doing this, you know, because it's just, when you realize, like, you matter, it's like, all right, let, let's just talk. We could talk about it. Okay, fine. Yeah, or that <laughs> you there know? is someone that you can talk to that mm-hmm. will understand. And they will throw it in your face. Yeah, so, like, there are people that you can talk to and people you can't. Mm-hmm. And it's deciphering between the two that makes it hard to open up mm-hmm. and kind of share. Because I know for sure I have trust issues. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't we all don't? Off top, yeah. So that's, that's really difficult to kind of just dump your stuff on Absolutely. other people. But it's necessary. It's very necessary. Yeah, I mean, finding that person who sometimes is always sometimes for me is a stranger. I mean, un- unfortunately, you know, not to be not like, unfortunately, ah, like not but... to vomit my feelings on you or anything mm-hmm. like that. But people do it to me, and I accept it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, just let it go, let yeah. it out, let it out. Like I, n- I remember working for um, for like a direct TV, but in indirect kind of way, mm-hmm. and. They would send you to different places, like different stores, like a Menards or a Costco or wherever the case is. Mm-hmm. You come in contact with people all day, mm-hmm. every five seconds of the day. And I remember meeting some very, like, phenomenal people, men, women, the child, mm-hmm. okay, literally would step up. And we'll just be talking about something about DirecTV. Okay, they don't qualify, okay. But I still keep the conversation going because it's good to just – like, I just want to know how you're really doing. Yeah. Something tells me to just ask you, you know, how, how mm-hmm. can I help you or how can I serve you? Do you need help looking for something? Mm-hmm. And honestly, they'll, then they'll let go. I'm like, you know what? Your spirit just tells me that I could just tell you anything. Let me go ahead. Can, can I tell you something? And Go ahead. Let it go. Wow. And you don't know just probably how much that helps that individual. Mm-hmm. Because if they're holding it in and they need to release it, I mean, that's an opportunity for them to get it out and, you know, know that, I don't know this person, but this is something I need to, you know, release. And that's awesome. Because it it blesses me when I think that someone can come to me and just like, and just randomly say, girl, I'm having this problem. What do you think I should do? First, Mm -hmm. let it go. You know, tell me what it is. 
so that we can get it out there in the open. Mm -hmm. Let's pray about it for a few moments because mm -hmm. I'm quick to just pray in the middle of the shopping center. <laughs> I don't care. You know, I'm like, let's just hold hands. <laughs> and people will be looking at us like, what is going on over here? It's like, don't buy, don't, right. and I told the employees, don't interrupt me, okay? <laughs> Do not interrupt. If you see me holding hands or holding someone or hugging someone or embracing someone, don't interrupt. <laughs> I don't care if there's yeah, another that's person. Intimate. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an intimate moment. Yes, it is. Do not interrupt what I got going on yeah. because at the end of the day, this person needed my attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what, because I used to run from it. I used to run from it so much, and I, I remember being part of a small group, and they said, when people, when God places someone in your life, you know, uh, whether it be a stranger or someone you know or whomever, let them speak. Because it's either yeah. going to bless you in some way, you may not understand how it's going to bless you, but that situation is going to come up again in your life. And, and you, what you need to do is just listen. Mm -hmm. And I am a wow. listener. You know, I, I love that about this upcoming, well, you're not upcoming, you're immersed in this generation, but <laughs> even the upcoming generation, I love just how open everyone is because in my generation, our parents was like, you don't mm -hmm. talk about anything. You do not put your business out there. Mm -hmm. And it's just refreshing to a certain degree because sometimes I think it's a little too much, but yeah. that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the point. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact that you are self-aware enough and confident in who you are as an individual not to be in your head talking about oh no I shouldn't do this you just are more free and I like that mm -hmm. that's awesome I think the times have changed where now we have like social media oh yeah so we <laughs> had a platform for a minute to express <laughs> yes. like how we feel like what, what this is right like. now <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. so started with MySpace and you know we could customize and do all these things and this is what I like who I like my top eight friends mm -hmm. and you know all this and you know so I think we just have more of an opportunity or a platform to express yeah. whether as you know the older generation like you said they keep things closed in and bottled up and mm -hmm. you know don't tell our family business and yeah. that type of thing so um i think it'll come back around full circle though because those parents have raised us up and then we're raising our kids so it's gonna you know the dynamic is gonna change but it's so funny speaking of dynamic because i remember my my mom lives with me and we're actually getting ready. We're empty nesters. It's really exciting, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother show. Uh, but the first time my mom moved or the first year that she moved in, my mom was conducting herself as though she was still by herself. And so my kids hadn't been taught at that time that when you're with somebody, you just keep their business whatever you guys did is beyond yeah. or uh, amongst you guys mm -hmm. now my mother wouldn't like that because when I hold the mirror up in her face and be like no you raised me that there were no secrets mm -hmm. and so for you to be mad that they're sharing with their parents what you guys did you just need to not do that in front of them if you feel that it's something that they shouldn't share mm -hmm. but that's a whole nother story but mm -hmm. it was interesting to see the dynamic because I hadn't had to have that talk with my children at that time. And my youngest at the time was about, was about six years old and she's very observant. And she was able to see a transaction that my mom made in buying a car. And she had revealed too much information 
to me that, you know, in front of my mom that my mom didn't necessarily want shared. And I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but my mom cut her that look and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I couldn't do nothing. Yeah, but I couldn't okay. do anything but laugh because I'm like, I'm a mama. Right. And none, none you can do. <laughs> Kids will tell Oh, yeah. Tell. Tell. Yeah. 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 Second, it'll be yeah. your own kid. <laughs> you like, Mama, that's not what you said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as that word come out like that, like, mm-mm. <laughs> like my mom would easily give me cut cut me that eye, and I shut up. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you like, you know what? Don't I'm even just breathe. Walk away from this <laughs> I don't look like I need to continue. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love how um, times are changing in a sense. Cause like with my parents' generation, kind of like what you were saying, um, you don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So as we're coming up, you know, the millennial generation at some point we're like, okay, we're not going to talk about our problems, our issues. We're just going to keep it bottled mm-hmm. up. Which I think there's, that's why there's so much like mental illness or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. But at some point, I'm not sure when it happened, but I'm glad it did that people are like, no, like this doesn't feel good. I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about, you know, what it is that I'm going through. So I wonder like with my parents' generation, like what was that? Like we're not going to talk about our business. We're going to keep a bottle inside or if something's wrong, just pray about it and that's oh, it. Lord. Oh, Lord. Which is cool. And I always say this. Don't get me wrong. Prayer, I love it. It works. Don't get me wrong. But faith without works is dead. So, right. yes, I'm going to pray about it and have faith. Right. But I still need to do the work to work through all the so, mess. Yeah. So, what do they do? Like, Because that has to be very stressful to kind of keep all that stuff in. Well, so here's the thing. I don't think that it's just kept in. Mm-hmm. I believe you just have very close friends that mm-hmm. you confide in. Mm-hmm. And but it's not everybody's business. Mm-hmm. So you're just more um selective. Kind yeah, of. you are more selective and but even that isn't always, you know, a sure thing. Somebody can still tell your business mm-hmm. even though you confide in them, but it was like only my close friends need to know about this not in my household <laughs> <laughs> no one knows it doesn't Nobody leave knows. this room if i know that somebody else comes up to me what? and says x y and z really you oh in wow yeah, but I, honestly like i don't know like when it comes to my grandmother on my mom's side she's just very like by the book whatever mm. book that was for her <laughs> um, but she was just some book some book because mm-hmm. honestly it's like whatever was ha- whatever happens here stays here yeah that's it mm-hmm. whoever's in this room happened to hear it heard it no one else that your brother don't need to hear that person doesn't need to hear. if he wasn't here it wasn't meant for his ears mm-hmm. and it it's just, it mind boggles me because now as i get older and i hear stories because now people are like you know, mm-hmm. I was very inquisitive. I started asking around for, like, history. Um, mm-hmm. Even my some of my friends, like, a few friends that I've told, they're like, when you open up Pandora's box, you can't close it back. Yeah. So be careful what you're looking for. Mm. So mm. literally, slowly but surely, the things that they're telling me. And I feel as though I'm prepared because 
there's just pieces missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, this story doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. there's one significant piece that's missing. And until I understand what that piece is, I, it's not going to make sense to me. And I'm always going to question it. Right. Good or bad, you mm-hmm. have to know. Yeah. So. So do you think, like, they wanted to keep things hidden because they didn't want to deal with their own pain or, and I do understand the concept of everybody does not need to know your business for sure. But when I think like of myself, when I wasn't saying anything, like I felt heavy all the time. And for me, I thought that was normal. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe people just feel this way all the time. And so then when I began to release, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, it was like a whole new world, yes. literally. <laughs> so, and I know people feel like heaviness too. Like, I know they do. So to just go around and to just have the mentality of, we're not talking about it, period. Like, I <laughs> I just want to know, like, where, where did that come from? And then even someone like you who does have questions to, like, shut that down. You know what I mean? And knowing that the information that could be given to you could help you form opinions about who you are as a person, your identity can help you grow. You know what I mean? Whether hurtful or not. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know. It just kind of. I think that it's, it's broken a lot of our relationships within our family. Mm -hmm. So by not talking, but yeah, literally Mm -hmm. by not talking or talking a little too much Mm -hmm. or, you know, being disrespectful in a way that you know it didn't need to go there because you you got some type of misunderstanding miscommunication as to what because you know you're not telling the full story yeah you're only getting bits and pieces and then when you react it's in a negative um context and it's just like okay well that's not what i said so it's there's a lot of like i'm (laughs) My aunt is telling me that I'm more of an anchor of the family. Like, I'm going to be the one that ends up keeping everyone together because people are so spread out within, you know, Chicago, New York, Boston, wherever, Florida. And I'm just a, I'm a family-type person. I'm family-oriented. So mm-hmm. it's just like I don't know how to be any other way but in people's business, you know, but not, yeah. in, not in a disrespectful way. Right. It's just like whatever you're willing to tell me about my family, I'm very grateful. I'm very appreciative. But if you don't want to kind of fill me in even where it's making you feel uncomfortable that's what I want to know mm. I'm not going to go and you know say oh well this person said this right. and I think that's the worrisome that people have like well you're going to snitch on me no I'm not that type of person I've never been and even if I do gain some information I'm going to ask them first what happened with this Yeah, I'm not going to say oh well this person told me that I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but you have family members who do. Oh. <laughs> and I think Haitians that's... Haitians are, you know. I love all my Haitian souls. You know, Sakasi Avel. Okay? Me? Y'all, y'all some, ooh, shady. Just a little bit. Some of y'all, not everybody. Yeah, so even family can't be trusted. And I think we expect family to, you know, hold our stuff. You yeah. know, and kind of keep it inside the family. But they don't, like, even within... They'll be messy, quote unquote. Family can be the worst. Yeah, and tell. Oh my god, because they feel. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's almost they. They feel like you know, 
they have a right to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, like I know I'm, you. And yeah. they're so comfortable with it. Yeah. To me, that's scary. Like, <laughs> how could you be this messy all the time? Right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But at least you know. And you know it's better yeah. to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, at, at the same time, you compare your family to, like, a stranger on the streets. You never know, like, <laughs> can I tell you this? Or are you who are you going to tell? What are you going to say? Um, and emotions run deep too. So we don't all the time know how to deal with emotions and the way things make us feel. So so that's why we keep it. You know, we don't know what they're going to think. If I tell them this, this happened to me, I want to tell, but I can't, you know? Yeah. So that, that has a lot to do with it too. And I mean, even with us, we don't tell everything. And then with social media, it did give us a platform to kind of express, but now we use it to kind of hide. We hide, mm-hmm. hide behind the picture. Make some everything. people put all their business. Some people it. do, but some people mm-hmm. only put the good, you know. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Like mm-hmm. everybody doesn't deserve to know every little thing that goes on with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's individualized. It's personal. You got to pick and choose what you you know release. But people should be comfortable enough to talk about what they're going through with someone. It doesn't have to be yeah. everybody, and mm-hmm. they don't even have to be family, but someone. But you know, it, it's so funny because. One of the things I'm trying to instill in my youngest, who is getting ready to go off to college, I'm trying to instill in her that there really is a balance of the logic and the emotion. Mm -hmm. Because we are emotional beings. Mm -hmm. And if we can, well, yeah. And and, and I think that's how we get in trouble. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. some person is going through something that we have no idea about. And it has nothing to do with us. But they're going through some emotional problem or circumstance and then you say one thing and it triggers something with them mm-hmm. and then they misconstrue and then Everything. they are in your face and you're like what are you talking about this had nothing to do with whatever you're talking about mm-hmm. um and so I try to tell my daughter who is extremely emotional with things uh, and not that she's interpreting things it's just that she is so unsure of herself Mm. and i don't know why she's fantastic Mm. but she's always thinking that whatever whoever she is and whatever she is doing is not enough Mm. and i'm like where are you getting this from Mm. and this is something she came here with so i had to tell her i said you know you really have to look at things she has a very analytical mind and I'm like, you have to turn that off to a certain degree and look at everything. Mm -hmm. Do you have, if someone came to you and they said, I need advice on this particular matter. If you look at everything and all the receipts, then you can see that, okay, there's no reason for this person to feel that way. So this is the conversation you need to have with yourself. Mm. Yeah. And so um, I think a lot of, how we respond and how we deal with things has to do with that balance, that logic and emotional balance. Yeah, emotions are something else. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's easier for us to give others advice than ourselves. Oh, yeah. Because we have oh, yeah. greater mm-hmm. expectations yeah. of ourselves, and I feel like I should be doing this, this, and this, yes. and, you know, I'm not doing that, so I feel like I'm not doing, you know, what I need to be doing. That's may That may be where she is. Like mentally. Oh, she's young too. She, I mean, so she's at that age mm-hmm. where she needs to be, you know, kind of. I mean, 
yeah, it's their questioning everything. Their expectations set for like certain age limits. So people think, okay, I'm 30 now. I should be married. <laughs> right. I should have a house. Oh you my know, gosh. I should have kids. That's and that's worst. not necessarily yeah. like that may not be what God wrote for your life. Yeah. So mm-hmm. don't put that kind of pressure on yourself yes. unnecessarily because right. there's a lot of stuff going on already that you can be stressed about. Don't make your destiny be something that someone else is you know yeah. painted for you True. absolutely yeah man this has been great guys. <laughs> <laughs> like i just got out of therapy um in a second we are gonna segue but in a second we have a dope dad calling um his name is anthony d cherry senior y'all he's got seven kids mm-hmm. he's bomb he's got multiple businesses um he's the co-founder of coalition which is a 501 C3. That mm-hmm. always, I, that's like a tongue twister. 501 mm-hmm. C3, um, which is the umbrella entity that covers non-emergency medical transportation in central Illinois. Wow. Um, leadership develop, which is leadership development to young adults and mentoring tools to inspiring entrepreneurs. Um, he is the co-owner of Alpha and Omega Transit Network Incorporated. He's been doing that for six years. In addition to a few other endeavors, um, he is an advocate of small business ownership. He is the co-author. Uh-oh, he's got a book. He is the co-author of Live Your Best Life, The Time Is Now, where he shares his life motto, No Excuse, Live Now. And now stands for No Other Way. Oh. So, Listen, right? So he yeah. should be calling soon. I'm so excited. While we're speaking of dope dads, I want to give a shout out to my dad. Yay. He celebrated a birthday Woo! on Friday, Thursday. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is he listening? Wait a minute. I hope he not. can get you. <laughs> Wait, yesterday was Friday. So was it yesterday? Wait, yesterday. It was. It is. It's Saturday. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. No, no. Thursday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Y'all, it's been a lot. Listen, when brain turns off a little bit so he celebrated a birthday <laughs> on thursday i for a second i thought it was sunday even though we Don't started off the show talking about how what a beautiful saturday morning it was <laughs> see this is what happens when you turn 30 <laughs> you start going My God. Like, hmm. what is happening <laughs> so he should be calling shortly happy birthday belated birthday dad um, while, while we're waiting for him to call, does anybody have any plans for Father's Day? No, I need ideas, please. <laughs> no, but, um, I would like to get a, give a shout out to, um, Curtis Porter, who is my husband. He is absolutely phenomenal. Unfortunately, my dad, my dad is deceased, but, oh, um, well, yeah, thanks. Uh, but Curtis is um, everything that I knew he would be before we even talked about marriage. I mean, he was always really good with, with kids, and he just doesn't know when I started thinking about us becoming serious. I was like, he'd be a great dad. Wow. I didn't think about great husband. Mm-hmm. I was like, he'd be a fan. <laughs> no, I did seriously, yeah. and I'm the person who people didn't think would have kids, but just how he just responded to kids how patient he was i was like oh my god he's gonna be a great dad and he has lived up to that expectation so yeah shout out to curtis (laughs) shout out or not some men can be very nurturing when it comes to kids not all but (laughs) but some (laughs) the way you said it not all (laughs) like you had somebody in mind like 
No, because, you know, there's a lot of dads who are not even present, you know, in right, their kids' right. lives. So, but those who are, and I know some some great dads, and they are really nurturing and caring when it comes to their kids. So, shout out to dads. Yeah. No, for real. I feel like dads don't get enough credit. Even, yeah, even on Father's Day, and I know... I get it that there are single mothers, but I just feel like, let, let them just have it, you know? Because you get those moms who are like, well, I'm mom and dad. And yeah. I get it. I get it. I don't even know the struggle, so I don't even really want to touch that. However, it's like, oh, like, just let, you know, because I don't see dads saying, well, because there are some single dads out there. Oh, yes, there You are. know what I'm saying? Yes. So I don't see them saying, well, I'm mom and dad. Happy Mother's Day to me. Mm-hmm. But then you always, I mean, that would be a little weird. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, like, they let them have their moment. Yeah. yeah. And I see a lot of women that don't really let the men have, have their moment have ever. Their moment. It's, it's, a, it's a, of, a day. It's it's 24 hours. Right. It's a lot of bitter women out there, though. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> that is so sad yeah. when it comes to, to dads and kids and that type of thing. But we're going to pray for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all you can do, girl. Please, please pray for them. Take care of their kids. But yes, congratulations to all the dads who's doing it up, who's loving and supporting their children, Mm -hmm. who's, you know, either in a single um, parent type of situation or whether they're still married and going strong. And I know your wife, ooh. But but y'all have a great relationship or, you know, you have a great relationship with your kids or you're trying to mend your relationship with your children, regardless of the the fact that whichever way it is, we shout out you. We love you. Keep doing your thing, you know, and always just be yourself. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the caller hasn't called in yet. No, not yet. Okay, so I, I can talk. Go right ahead. <laughs> Go right ahead. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to, you know, no, disrupt. Okay, so one of the things, you know, as I reflect on my dad, um, and it's interesting because we're transitioning to move um, out of the house that we're in now, so I'm doing a lot of cleaning up. And just two days ago, I was cleaning up, you know, a, a file folder, and I had a lot of the... Um, obituaries from my father's services and I was looking at that and you know looking at things that I had written down as notes in terms of things to include and things to say during the service and I was reflecting on how I am as an individual because of my dad Um, you know it was really unique because even though I was raised as an only child um, he had a son in Alabama but I was raised as an only child, and so I was his baby. And he would oftentimes do a lot of work around the house. And, you know, you have this pesky kid who always wants to be involved. Oh, can I help? Can mm-hmm. I help? And instead of saying, no, this is man's work, or, oh, no, you know, you'll get dirty, he would actually take me up on the roof, and I had to have been like seven years old. And he would have me nailing, you know, shingles onto the roof, and, I mean, and he was really the foundation for me to like working with my hands. Mm-hmm. I love building stuff. And even into my adult life, when my husband travels, um, well, he traveled a lot more when we were first married, um, but he still travels now. But he was out of town, and our hot water heater went out. And I called my dad, and I was like, Dad, <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know, should I just call somebody? He was like, Well, do this check that or whatever and he was like okay 
you need to buy another, um, I forgot what it was called, but he had me go to the hardware store. He gave me the name of whatever piece it was. He told me how to install it. I installed it and it worked. I mean, so just to have the confidence mm-hmm. in, or he, yeah, he had the confidence in me to be able to walk me through it instead of, you know, putting a label, oh, you're just a female and yeah, just call somebody or yeah. wait till Curtis gets back in town. He was able to empower me to take care of it myself. And he really did make me into the woman that I am today. So I say all that because it is important um, that dads are in the lives of their kids. Absolutely, the relationship that kids have with their fathers really shape who they Mm -hmm. are. Um, They say boys more, but especially girls too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It plays a big part in a girl's life. The relationship that she has with her dad (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea what that was. Is that the phone, maybe? I have no I idea. I heard something. That's never happened before. Look, it's, you know it's live. Stuff happens. You just keep it going, okay? Stuff happens all the time. Keep going. Oh. <laughs> all right, we're good. So do we, do we have a phone? Not yet. We are still waiting. We, you know, we have some time. Oh, oh no. wait a minute. Oh, oh wait a minute. Hello? Good morning. Come on. Good morning. How are you? Oh, my goodness. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. We're having some. Some feedback. Yeah, we got some real. And it just happened. Hold on. What y'all got going on over there? My gosh. All right. Are we? I have no idea what this is. Oh, is it my fault? All right. Hello? Hello. Oh, praise the Lord. All right, there we go. Hey, let's take a a moment out to praise him. (laughs) Hallelujah. We got it together. We got it. He's a deliverer. He is. How are you? I am doing well. How are you ladies doing this morning? We are doing amazing. All right. So I talked you up before you called. I read your bio, talking about how you're a dope dad. Um, why don't you take this moment to just tell everybody who you are? Good morning, everybody. My name is Anthony Cherry. I am a great friend and a brother to Chikara, Chikara and uh, I live here in Decatur, Illinois. Uh, I'm an awesome dad, a wonderful husband. That's what my claim to fame is. I don't know what my family think about that, oh. but we're going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I, I, I just love living life. That's who I am. I love living my best life every day with my family. Amen. That's me. Awesome. I'm a simple man. I'm a very simple person. A simple I believe in simplicity. That's, so tell everybody how many children you were blessed with. Uh, God blessed me with seven beautiful children. Uh, one of my sons is deceased. Uh, I oh, lost him to, uh, to gang violence in Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was Eric. Then my next oldest is Bobby Cherry, who lives in Quincy. He is the father of two my two beautiful grandkids, uh, Brazil and uh, BJ, which we call the boss babies, because they boss <laughs> up all around. They, <laughs> they, hey, they, they, they run my world. Uh, and then I have a beautiful daughter who just graduated uh, uh, from college, 
uh, and Zed, who lives in Chicago, who's going to be a teacher. And then I have, uh, we call them the twins, uh, Amani, uh, who is my daughter by my wife. And then I have another son outside of my marriage. Uh, his name is Anthony Sidney. Uh, he lives in Springfield. Amani, they both two just graduated from high school, and I'm very proud of them, too. And then I have uh, AJ, who is me on steroids. He is my, <laughs> he is my, he is my, he's, he's Anthony the second. He's a, the, the second coming of me. And then I have, uh, we, we call Dallas. He is our, he is our replacement child. Uh, God blessed us with an opportunity to adopt uh, Dallas when he was just a baby. And I, I really feel that that was God giving me a, a second chance to raise a complete family of boys. Mm. So he's, a, he's, a, he's my replacement child, and he's definitely a cherry. He's a bonus <laughs> all baby. Aspects. Right. <laughs> what? all aspects. What was it like? And then like? there's my, oh. my beautiful wife, Cynthia, who oh. helps us stay on, stay on point. Can you let everybody know, what is it like? being a father to seven children. I, you know, because usually when, as a woman, when you think of, oh, you know, when I have kids, I'm going to have one or two, maybe three. But if, for me, if I think anything past that, it's like, oh, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's an amazing question because, uh, first of all, let me say this. I just want to thank you ladies for allowing me to be on your show. Uh, I forgot to say that. Uh, it is it's a blessing because I get to share my story uh, to the world, and I, get, I thank you guys for giving me that platform. So I apologize for not saying that in the, in the interim of things. But to, add, to go back to your question, uh, about, about a month ago, and this came to me about a month ago, so it's crazy as it sounds, after having kids, this came to me. I was walking into a store, and I seen the sign, and the sign said, we think we raise our kids, but our kids end up raising us. So having seven, seven different children with seven different chemistries, seven, all different gifts, all different forms and fashions of personality, they all have helped me become me. Mm-hmm. I didn't help them become them. They helped me become them because I have to fashion my life to make sure that I'm giving each one of them what they need to be the, the better them. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. So it really is like, it's like a coach. It's like, I'm the coach and they're the team and they bring me all of their talent and it's my responsibility to make sure that that talent is presented into the earth properly and effectively. So I I enjoy that because my kids got gifts and talents that I don't even know they got them from because I'm like a, I'm like a nerd. I'm like, I'm very rigid. My my kids that you're very firm, you nerdish. I'm a socialite when I'm outside the house, but when I'm at home, I'm in my room, I read, and I can just be to myself. But then I got these kids that's all into all this stuff. Like right now, we had a, we had a baseball game with my, my Dallas is playing T-ball. I don't even like sports. But <laughs> that's sports. a first. Wow. That's a first. No, listen, I, I, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I'm the black guy that can't jump. <laughs> that's me. I'm the black. I'm the, I'm the guy that. I'm the guy that when y'all, when men talk about sports, I leave the room. And mm. I go in the room with the women. And I talk about nurturing and developing. And, ooh, girl, what's your recipe? Uh, I love it. That's amazing. 
I'm the guy that'll tell a girl, ooh, those earrings don't go with your outfit. You need to change that. I'm that guy. I'm just, I'm very that guy. And I'm, but the wonderful thing about it is that I'm cool with being that guy, and my kids are great, are, are, are excited that I'm that guy. Because it's all about them. It's never about what I'm doing. It's about what they're doing. Mm. So it works out for me, if that makes sense. That's amazing. Mm. Makes perfect <laughs> sense. Um, I know you had expressed that you know you had lost one of your children due to gun violence. Um, and I know there's there's a lot of people who have not only lost their children to gun violence here in Chicago, but have just lost a child. Period. Um, do you have any like words of encouragement that you could give to any parent who has lost a child? And what was that process like for you to, you know, get through that? Uh, at first, it was it was extreme depression because uh, Eric was the child that got me out of Chicago because I every one of my children changed the dynamic in my life. So I took him away from Chicago to college with me. So. He was my college buddy. He went to his classes with me. I raised him while I was going to school. So we were very close. So when he died, and this is what I tell parents, we have to be very careful of what we introduce our kids to in the interim of figuring out life because I wasn't the, the best father in the beginning because I still had that street life thing going on. So he kind of saw some things that he shouldn't have saw. So he was attracted to those things. So I lost him to that attraction. But my encouragement to, to, to any any parent is that, you know, always remember that you still get a second chance. And always remember that life is not over because what my wife has to remind me is, like, God blessed us with other children. And, and this is the amazing thing. We I see Eric in each one of my kids. Hmm. In each one of them, I see, because they're all for me. So I, I get to see portions of him every day. And one of my children, so I just enjoy the moment. And I remind them, we constantly remind each other of Ericus, even though he was not, if he was still living, we remind each other of him. I'm like, man, you know, Eric would have liked that, or Eric would have done that, you know. And so we, we, we keep the memory alive. And, that, and that's all we have to do. We, we, just keep the, we just keep the memory alive, and we keep pushing. Because, because God knows what he's doing. Absolutely. We got to remember, God is not a, God is not psychotic like us. He ain't crazy. He ain't sick, <laughs> though. Thank goodness. We, no, we're like, why did God do that? Because he wanted to and he can and he has something better for you. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I really believe, I have Dallas. And Dallas, my son Dallas never met his brother Eric, but he would talk about Eric like he knew him. Mm-hmm. And so I know that that's Eric, some type of connection there that, that, that allows him to have a conversation that he reminds me like, Dad, we're good. The last thing that, and this is crazy, when my son died, the ambulance driver says, so I need to tell you something. I says, what? He says, your son said that he's saving, he's going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that settled me. Wow. wow. That right there gave me peace yeah. in the storm. And I held on to that. And I hold on to it every day. And I live my wow. best life because I want my kids to know that storms come, things happen, but we have to continue to move on. Mm-hmm. We don't stop because there's people watching us. Mm-hmm. So I remind myself of that. So when I feel like crying or, 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 or anything, I, I just find me a, a place and I get before God and I say, 
God, it's a hole there and it still hurts. You know, I just need you to touch me there. And he does. And he reminds me, man, you, you're all right. You good? And you keep it moving. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I think that is okay. amazing that you even have that mentality after something so traumatic, you know, that has happened to you. Um, there's a lot of people who feel stuck, you know what I mean, and can't get themselves out of, you know, that grieving process or whatever the case may be. So for you to have this positive outlook on life and, you know, you being able to rely on God, that is, I mean, that's inspiring. You know, I don't have children, so I couldn't imagine, but just hearing you is inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. It's so inspiring. Well, I hear that you have a book. Can you let us know a little bit about your book? Uh, about a year ago, I had an opportunity to, to, to write, a, uh, to co-author a book with a couple of people. And the name of the book is called Live Your Best Life. The time is now. And my, my specific t- chapter, I talk about living in the now, no other way. Uh, through my, my life experiences, I, I, I've had a lot of detriments, but I realized that I have to live no other way through them. You know, it's, it's like when I, when I read the word of God, I, I find places in the Bible where things are happening in my life that I can find uh, peace in. And when I, when I go through stuff, so when I looked in, at Job and, and God took Job's family away from him and took everything away from him, he had to live no other way. He had to live in the now. He had to live in the now of God. No other way. Come hell of high water, Come rich or poor, God, we rather die. This man, you do, because I don't know what you're doing, but you know. So since you're flying this plane, hey, we out of here. Let's go. <laughs> and so I, I live like that. I, I, I had to learn to live like that because I, I just feel that great detriment comes to great people. You know, a friend of mine says, Anthony, a, a mentor of mine says, Anthony, says when a, a crisis comes into your life, that's when the character of God performs in your life mm. when a crisis comes into your life that's when a character a nature of god is performed in your life and you have, you have to allow that nature to come out because that's how people see the light because they're watching us yeah. they're, they're watching us with their eyes and they're listening to us with our conversations you know they're watching our behaviors so we have we're the light of the world so i always have to remind myself of that that this crisis is not for me it's for the benefit of god and for other people to see it and see how I, ha- I handle it so they can handle it. It's like, if I can handle it, you can handle it. Mm-hmm. Because you know, we, people want to know that you can feel them. Jesus was moved by the compassion of men. He felt us. So we go through things so we can feel other people so we're not apathetic. We can feel them. We have compassion for them. So we have to, as Christians, we got, believe us, we got to go through. The Bible says many are the afflictions. Uh, I think the word said many, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a whole lot. So we're always going through. So get used to it. I'm always going through yeah. because God is producing something in me. So a fruit in me so some people can see it. So I got to let the fruit come forth. And fruit comes through plucking, grinding, moving, all kinds of stuff. So we got to let it happen. Cloning. So we got to let it happen so our fruit can remain. So I just accept that. If that makes sense. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it makes make perfect sense, okay? <laughs> We just listening very intently to to your wisdom you know, right now. You know, it's just you know, I, I, I and the reason why I'm the way I don't want to take credit for me being who I am. 
my family, the Kyra knows my wife. She knows my family. They make me be, they help me be me. And that's why I tell fathers, you have to have a helpmate. And you have to listen to the wisdom of your helpmate. And your, your helpmate is not only your wife, it's the children that, they, that they, she bear for you because they help you become the better man. I am who I am. I am the man that I am because of the family that God has blessed me with. That's the only reason why I am who I am. I was just telling one of the, a young man that I'm mentoring, I told him, I said, man, you, you don't have no stability in your life because you don't have a father. So I can't be your friend. I'm not your friend. I'm going to be your spiritual father. I have to father you and nurture you so you can be stable. So this brother, hey, man, you my, hey, bro, I'm not your bro. I'm your pappy. I'm your daddy. So I got to deal with your spirit because your spirit is jacked up, dude, because you don't have a father. A father. The father gives the identity to the family. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's imperative. Listeners, please hear me, man. The men that are listening, it's imperative that we stick and stay with our families regardless of what we're going through. Yes, we're going to get depressed. I get that. I've been depressed. Yes, we're going to go through, but we're going to lose kids. We're going to lose jobs. Stuff is going to happen, but there's always a greater day and a better way. And we got to stay. We got to stay with our families. That's why we're losing our kids to the streets because there's no man at home. Women got to stop kicking their man out. You got to you go through with them. I'm serious, y'all. Y'all, y'all laughing. But think, think about it. Why do you think the slave master took the men out of the families? Yeah. Think about it. To take away the male identity. If you strip a man's identity, who is he? He's a nobody. He's a boy. He's not a man. He's going to remain a boy because he's never seen a real man. That's why I only connect with men that I want to be mentored by. I choose my mentors very cautiously. Like, what in that man's life do I want to be, be released in my life? And I analyze it. I've been watching a man, one particular guy I've been watching for two years, and I just had coffees with him. He's, I'm 50. He's 56. I just told him, I said, the Lord told me that you are to guide me and navigate me through my 50s because you 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 halfway there. You're halfway through them. So I'm going I'm to stick with you until you get 60 because I need to know. You got to guide me through my 50s. He was honored. He was like, man, Anthony, I was just thinking about that. That's why male relationships, male bonding are so important. That's why men have to be in a family. That's why fatherhood is so important. That's why we have to, we have to, we have to talk to each other. Am I running my mouth? Am I making sense? No, listen. (laughs) You are making perfect sense. I feel really inspired. I feel motivated. I I think everybody in here can agree with everything that you're saying. And it is so important that fathers, like you said, are in the home. Mm -hmm. Period. They are there in the home. Period. I was, me and my wife, we constantly read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 4 through 8. It talks about love. And it says, love is. And God is love. And it's going to blow people's mind. God is not a noun. God is a verb. Everything God do has action to it. God is love. Love is action. Mm -hmm. Love is just not, oh, I love you, and it's an emotion. Mm -hmm. No, love is an action. But the last part of that verse says, love never fails. That means God never fails. Mm-hmm. And if man was made in the image of God, cannot ask a question. 
how can we fail if we do what God has called us to do? And it's to be men of God, fathers and husbands. He won't let us fail. I don't care what the circumstances is. He won't allow us to fail. He's teaching us something. And we have to learn in those moments. And a lot of times because society has misconstrued what a man is and what a man should be and what a father should be, that's how we feel because we take on the identity of the world and not the identity of our father, our heavenly father. We're to reflect who he is in the earth. He don't mistreat us. He don't mistreat us. So how are we mistreating people? It's very, I said, I'm a very simple man. It's simplicity. Mm-hmm. Just do what the father do. That's what Jesus said. I've come to do what the father does. Mm-hmm. And we have to do the same. And so I, I work my, I, I do my best. I fail it. I fail. I'm not a perfect man. I'm not perfect by any means, but I work at it every day. I work at it. I have to apologize to my, to my son, AJ, because we got into a battle about him going to get his ears pierced. He wanted to get two pairs, and I and I got on him about it, and we got into a fight, and he, he got to crying, and I called I called him a, a piano and a punk, and I and I should have never said that. So the first thing this morning, the Holy Spirit wore me out. When you crying, when you doing that, I don't say that to you, and I'm like, man, no, what you don't. So I have to come back around. I'm like, son, I need to humble myself. I need to pop, repent to you. Please forgive me. I'm your father. I shouldn't speak those words over your life. So I'm canceling those words over your life. I have to repent. And men, we have to re- remind ourselves, we, the words we speak, death and life is in the power of our tongue. And we mm-hmm. be speaking stuff over our family that we don't realize. Yeah. And we have to watch our words. Mm-hmm. We have to watch, we have to, we have to tattle our, 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 our mouths and our frustrations. Be very careful of what we say over our kids. I, and I, what really is shifting me now, and that's why I, I appreciate you guys having me on the show is that my father visited on my daughter's graduation and me and him don't, we didn't have a very close relationship growing up. He was in the military traveling all over the world. I spent some time with Europe with him when I was about eight, nine, 10 years old. And my father talked to me like I was an adult during that season of my life. So I'm, that's why I'm very firm because that stuck with me. I'm a very direct person. So that we was, we was talking about it at the table, you know, around the kids because he was watching me with my family. He was just sitting back, just, relaxing and joining the family and he got on a, a train and he said and i called him and said dad i just want to call to check on you he says before you got the phone son i need to say something to you i says i was going to send you a letter and write something in the letter but i think i need to tell you this and i'm going to send, still send you the note i says what is it he says if i could if i had the opportunity to choose a father to father me that father would be you and that changed my world in that moment. And this happened last, last month, my daughter graduated because I was, I wasn't conscious. I wasn't truly conscious of my fatherhood, but he stepped back. He says, you have done, cause I was worried cause it was rough. He says, but you did, you, you've done a magnificent job raising this family and being a husband. He says, and I apologize for not being the example in front of you. And that in itself, made me like, okay, I don't need a million dollars. I don't need a multi-million business. I don't need none of that. All I need is to be, be a father. So, man, I'm cool with being a father. That's beautiful. That's who I am. <laughs> that, I, I feel inspired. I feel like we can send up a whole collection plate you have given. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
so many gems to each and every one of us that I think we can for sure take away. Um, before we let you go, can you tell everybody where we can keep up with you and where they can purchase a book? Uh, you can go on Amazon.com, and uh, the name of the book is Live Your Best Life. The time is now. It's a collaborative effort. Uh, it's under Dr. Ruben West. Uh, I am working on some things uh, right now in my life, and I'll, and I'll get this information to you because of, of Mrs. Takara over there. She has uh, influenced me to start my own talk show. So, Takara, it's happening next <laughs> month. I'll be launching. And I... And I, I, my circle of my, my circle of friends keep me push me, so I, I really appreciate her for doing that uh, because I, I really want to set a platform where men can come and get those nuggets, mm-hmm. so we can keep each other accountable for our community and for what God has called us to do as men in the earth. So I, I'm putting together a platform to make that happen, and I really don't have a, a contact information because I don't do a lot of that stuff. Okay. I, I'm learning to get out of that comfort zone. I'm getting some people pushing me, but when I get that stuff together, I will make sure I forward that information to you ladies and, and get that out there for me. Please do. Definitely. Thank awesome. you so much Thank for you. calling. Thank we you. really appreciate you taking the time out and sharing your story with us. Hey, I appreciate you, you ladies having me on this show. I thank you so much. No. And you ladies have a blessed and wonderful you guys keep on doing what you're doing because I'll be listening. Y'all funny. <laughs> y'all, oh, hey, thank you. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> hey, y'all funny. I want to come on live. Enjoy, I, yeah, I can come on live with y'all because y'all funny, man. Y'all be, y'all be having me crack it up. Oh, we thanks would for love to have you. <laughs> we sure Y'all would. Y'all keep it 100. Y'all keep it 100 real. <laughs> we'll set it up when T comes back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a great day. Have a great day, ladies. Be blessed. You too. Bye. Have, to have a happy Father's Day. Oh, yeah. You, Father's thank day. you so happy much. Day. Bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's fantastic. I feel like I went to church. <laughs> <laughs> like... There's so much to like unload yeah. there. No, I'm it definitely really looking was. forward to his show though. He yes. needs one. Yeah. There's so does. like yeah. I feel like he will be relatable to so many, many men, men on so many different levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, Mr. Anthony. All right. Listen, so I didn't know when I first when Crystal first introduced me to herself, intro- does that make sense? Wait, wait a minute. Let's back <laughs> up. When we it, were introducing ourselves to each other. There we go. Get it together, Gabby. Um, you didn't tell me you had a doctor in front of your name. Yes, ma'am. Dr. Dr. Crystal? Crystal Porter. Listen, come on. Listen, if I ever were to get a doctor, that, that's all I'm going to say. What's your name? Doctor. Like, that's it. <laughs> Ain't nothing else. That's my else. name. <laughs> Don't mess it up. <laughs> I am so excited. And I know I keep saying this, but I'm like legit excited to have her here because Dr. Crystal Porter, she is a hair scientist and uh, the owner of Maine Insights, which is a company that conducts research to further understand specific needs of the hair and the scalp. Like, yes, ma'am. Because you know the scalp. We got to get need that together. <laughs> I can, I'm really excited. Um, she is a recognized contributor in the world of hair and science, and she also provides knowledge about hair 
to individuals, professionals, and industry, industry leaders. She is passionate about debunking myths and empowering others to properly care for the hair. Dr. Porter has spent the majority of her 19-year career at L'Oreal USA, where she managed the physics laboratory and consumer insights team to study the biophysical characteristics of the hair. I mean, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> where do you go from there? Like, oh, like where so do you go first. from there? How do you start? Like, how how do you even, how did you even get into this? That's a whole story in itself. You know, I really do believe that things happen as they should. Mm-hmm. And we think that, you know, when you start school and you're going to have this perfect trajectory and everything's going to land the way it should land. So I didn't even know about the world of hair science before I even got the interview. So uh, my training is more, so I have a degree in chemistry, um, but I do not try to embrace the chemistry label because I did not ever want to work in a laboratory ever. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that going into grad school. So my graduate studies focused more on the mechanics of materials. And so when I gave that backstory about my dad and taking me on the roof and, you know, making me very handy, that really is what I enjoy. I enjoy working with my hands. So because I got a degree in chemistry at Chicago State University, um, I knew that I wanted to do more engineering applied type or have a job that was more geared towards engineering, but I did not want to start all over. So Mm -hmm. I did the next best thing without having a undergraduate degree in engineering. And I went to an engineering school and had a research project that was based in mechanical engineering. So um, using my chemistry background, I was able to have a project that looked at how the molecular structure of materials impacted the overall behavior of materials. And and the material that I worked with um, as a graduate student was uh, um, like plastics and polymers. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a polymer chemistry discipline. Um, And so how that relates to hair, because I did not know that it was even related to hair, but hair is a bio, uh, bio material. You know, um, it is a uh, biopolymer, meaning that uh, a polymer is a molecule that is, you know, really big, um, really long, and its structure is dependent upon, you know, what goes on naturally in our bodies. And so uh, it's just it's a tailored area that is, a, it's, like a a plastic but it has its own way of behaving and so it was my job to take the background that i had established in grad school and to apply it to hair as a biomaterial so looking at the quality of hair so you know a a, a lot of people say oh you're a chemist or you're a hair scientist Ooh, what products are best i mean that's like the number one question what product should i use Mm -hmm. and unfortunately that's a very difficult question to answer because I think you all can relate what mm-hmm. you use may necess- not, not necessarily going to work for someone else so we no. from experience we know this mm-hmm. um, but it's my job to take what we observe um, and experience in everyday life and put data behind it oh. mm-hmm. 
So have you ever like made actual hair products or you're just like studying the science behind hair and scalp? It's more about the quality of hair and the impact of those products or those ingredients or how you manipulate the hair. Got it. The environment, the humidity, how is the hair going to respond or how are products going to prevent the hair from responding, meaning blowing up and getting all frizzy when you don't want it to. I know, I know. <laughs> All the time. We'll yeah. go out looking one way, come back looking another, and we don't know what happened. So. Yeah. Man, it's so, it's yeah. so annoying because natural hair is so time consuming. It's so time consuming. <laughs> we were talking just about changed. that before the show. It's just so changed. She's like, I don't think it's that expensive. True. It's not as, as mm-hmm. okay, to get it done yes. by someone no, well, else. Products. Well, no. to get it done by someone else for yeah, sure. But like, expensive. if I get like a conditioner, it's like 16, almost $20 like for well, one thing. Oh, that plays. Where are you? Where, yeah. Where are you getting it from? If you know what type of product you want, mm-hmm. buy it in bulk. It's not necessarily, I think yeah. the expensive part comes with not knowing what the hair yeah, And means. buying so much. Okay, so you're yeah, yeah. Yes. Different yes. Products, and then they're manipulating yep. or taking advantage of us it as naturals not knowing. So they put all this <laughs> And I'm going to use that little $20 product whether it works <laughs> in my I hair or not. Because I pay. Right? So yeah, I think that's whether if we have more knowledge around, you know, what kind of hair we have. I know they have different stages like. 4C and 3A right. and Whatever all of that this. Means. And porosity. <laughs> so you hit on something in terms of buying that $20 product mm-hmm. that does not work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just want to give a, a shout out to Jackie Criddle, um, who is the brains behind um, Bronze Beauty yes. Chicago. Yes. yes. Because she is... N- taking people's opinions and the experiences in and she is learning that sometimes people buy products and it doesn't work the way that they want to so no matter how many how good it is for someone else if it doesn't work for another then you know they feel like they've wasted their money so she's starting to have trial size products so that you can at least test it out before you invest you know so that's something that she's incorporating but let me also give some background information because I'm partnering with her and I so believe in her vision. I mean, she has a platform where she's going to have education, um, products and just um, and services that will appeal to women who, who need it. Mm-hmm. And there's so, mis- so much misinformation out there. So she has so many people she's gonna partner with, like me as a hair scientist, she has a nutritionist, she has a dermatologist that she's going to work with. So it's like you'll have resources there for your needs and you'll have the education to know what you need because that's just to have it there and people not know what they need is, you know, is only a part of the solution. So Mm -hmm. she's bringing together the whole package and it really is important for us all to continue to work together and not feel, you know, so... I love the platform of this your your show because it really is about empowerment and until we can come together as women and first of all put our guard down because mm-hmm. sometimes we come to the table yes. with you know this 
high alert, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, I gotta, you know, watch what I say and I don't know if I trust this person. And so having a platform where, pe where people can feel comfortable expressing themselves or asking questions or talking about issues that are important, such as hair, because hair is very emotional. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really is nice to be here and to help out in that capacity. And I know we're running out of time and we could talk, well, I had a, a show about hair um, it, and it was a two hour show every week and I never ran out of content. <laughs> so, I mean, this can go on and on and on. Right. So let me shut up <laughs> in the last couple of minutes that we have. No, we're good. We're, we're good. so interested. I know. What do you do for your hair? Like Ooh. having the knowledge, it looks it great. So like Thank having you. the knowledge that you have, are you like reading labels or like, I'm pretty sure you've like mastered your hair and you, got a whole routine and all that down packed. Who, uh, where do I start? What I do with my hair is, is based on trial and error, unfortunately. Even with all the knowledge and all the training that I had, because I, I know things about hair that people dream of knowing about. I mean, L'Oreal flew me around the world to study hair from different cultures. So, I mean, and they all respond differently, mm -hmm. which is why Maine Insights, which is the name of my company, M-A-N-E-I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S, -E um, that came to be because all hair is not created equal. And we all have special needs. But even with my hair, with all the knowledge that I have, when I went natural, it was a whole nother. So I knew how to manipulate my hair and how to get it to respond the way I needed it to because of the experience that I had with my own natural relaxed hair. But when I went natural, I was like, oh, and I dreaded it. Thing. <laughs> and the only reason why I'm natural, and, and I will tell anybody this, and I'm not on the all natural, like, oh, on the bandwagon where you have to go natural. I think it's best, mm -hmm. but for me and my lifestyle, it was easier having it straight. It simplified my life mm -hmm. because yeah. it was easier. Absolutely. <laughs> and so the only reason why I'm natural is because I have like a gray patch, like where you can't see it on the, you know, around the perimeter mm -hmm. of my hairline. Uh, and so if I can hide it with hair, and I can't, I can hide it with hair. But I have a patch, and I was like, I think I want to color my hair. And I know I can't color and have relax, it relaxed. Yeah. So I chose to grow it out for that reason wow. alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's Simply all, wait, it's all vanity. <laughs> for and with our hair. Yes. Yeah. Man, can you talk about your experience with L'Oreal? Like, what oh, was it like wow. traveling? And oh. what specifically did you do with them? So as a hair scientist, um, I did head up the physics uh, laboratory, and that was in itself fantastic because, as I said, I, did, I never wanted to be in the laboratory mixing up chemicals. I mm -hmm. always loved working with my hands, and it was perfect. So looking at the mechanical properties of hair, and understanding the effects of, like I said, the products and ingredients and disseminating our knowledge to the people who made the formulas so that they could make formulas that were for the specific needs of hair worldwide. So that really was my purpose, to study the hair, understand what the consumer wanted, and then to bring it back and see what properties or the change of the characteristics of the hair as a function of the use of different products and tweaking them so it would be for that particular area in the world. Wow. Now I see hair companies now kind of catering to us as naturals, whereas before we didn't have like a oh, whole yeah. line. Oh yeah, because they know what the money is. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of natural products. So I can imagine it could be hard to kind of create a product to cater to 
like different groups. Cultures. So not really. And and I say that because what was unique, and um, I don't know if I, um, I don't think I talked about the L'Oreal Institute for Ethnic Hair and Skin Research, but that's where L'Oreal really differentiated itself compared to other companies. Mm -hmm. So they had this institute because they bought Salsheen, they bought Carson products, Mm -hmm. and that's why you have, um, wait, I can't even think what it is, Salsheen Carson (laughs) products. Um, So they bought the companies and was like, okay, we know all this information about Caucasian and Asian hair, and we bought these companies, and we really don't know the science behind what really is going on. So that institute was really to lay the foundation and really delve in to understand what the specific needs were for curly hair because mm-hmm. they had no experience, not a lot of experience with mm-hmm. it and definitely not a, not a lot of knowledge. But just looking, and you know this just from messing with your own hair, the morphology or the shape of our hair and the coils and the you know twist, that structure makes it the most difficult hair to even mm-hmm. study because there's so many variables that have to be taken into consideration. So what we were able to do was to have our own standardization of protocols for curly hair based on straight hair, but we had to manipulate some of the things that we did based on the you know, the properties of the hair. And that is what really put us on the map in terms of having a unique niche and just an abundance of knowledge. That's good. That they even awesome. like took out the time to even care how to cater to, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. curlier hair. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's good. I have a question. Um, okay. So when you're looking at products and they say like it's natural, like, <laughs> but then <laughs> they got oh, all boy. these big words and it don't oh, sound natural. Yeah. Like how... How do you know, like, if something's, like, really a natural product versus it just saying it on there? Right. Um, You don't know. Um, So here's what some people will say. They'll say that cosmetics aren't regulated. And actually, they are. They are regulated by the FDA. Um, The problem is that everything, including supplements, but that's a whole other subject, but... It's on the honor system. So they say you have, if you put anything on the market, it's up to you to test it to make sure that it's safe. So to your point in terms of when it says it's natural, is it really? A lot of times it's not. And I was a little naive when I first left L'Oreal because I was with them until 2013 and it was a very, it was one of the most difficult decisions I had to make to leave L'Oreal because I've had experiences that people dream of having. Um, And it was nice to be able to run worldwide projects. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had colleagues from all over the world and we would come together and and just the collaboration, it was just fantastic. And when I decided to leave, I just thought I could, you know, talk to a number of cosmetologists. They would appreciate, you know, a partnership because one thing about our team is we had a very close team dynamic where we were able to just bounce things off of one another and mm-hmm. have ideas. And if one person needed to meet a deadline and, you know, they were running out of time, we'd stay late and help that other oh. person do that. I mean, so yes. it was just an ideal place to work. Mm-hmm. And when I left, I just took it for granted that everything kind of ran like L'Oreal did, or at least my team. Yeah. And I was shocked, and you would be shocked to know the number of product lines out there that do not test. Mm. 
their products for safety. I mean, basic stuff like, is it growing, but what we call growing and bu growing bugs. I mean, and, and all microbes aren't bad, but a lot of these microbes are bad that mm -hmm. they wouldn't test for. Um, product stability. I mean, there are things that you need to do. And a lot of the well-known products regionally, and I'll say regionally, because what I also found is that you have like products that are in used in Ohio that are specific to that region that no one here in Chicago have, has ever heard of and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so when I would talk to people who had their own product lines and, you know, just get to talking to them about their claims because they tell all these stories, which is why I say I try to debunk myths mm -hmm. because there is so much misinformation out there. And the people who are selling the products really believe these claims that they're making are real without having any real data to back it up. Yeah. So, I mean, I came from this ideal world and came into reality and was like, oh, if people only knew. So that is really why I'm passionate about partnering, partnering with people who are about wanting to make sure that they are, one, servicing people the way they deserve to be serviced, two, informed about the products that they are using and a lot of them unfortunately are not natural mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have to do with the big word okay. because sometimes just because you don't understand the real chemical name does not doesn't mean, mean that, that is not, not okay. natural so mm -hmm. that is a, a, a little misleading but um the great thing we have now is that google machine Go on Google. Listen, I do. Go on Google and put it in there, and it will let you know. Well, they even have apps now where you can scan like the back of your product, and it'll Ooh, tell you whether these chemicals are harmful or not mm -hmm. that are you know that. listed on the back of the product. But you have to be really careful with that too, because one other thing that I was exposed to is just like cooking. You get a recipe that your aunt has used forever. You love going to her house because she jams on this pie. And then she gives you the recipe and you make it and it tastes nothing like it. Mm -hmm. It's the same way. Um, mm -hmm. Making products is very much like being in the kitchen and cooking. And so the way you mix the products, even though they can be the exact, it can be the exact same formula, you can come out with something that looks feel, behaves totally different with the exact same ingredients. Wow. And I say that because sometimes an ingredient is put in there just for stability and it's put in such a minute amount that when you test it, it really is not bad for you, but someone will look at it and be like, oh, it's a preservative and you only need a little bit of it, but you're like, oh my God, it's gonna you know, cause cancer. And that's mm -hmm. not necessarily true. So there's a lot of misinformation out there. It is definitely mm -hmm. when, when it comes to products so I, i've heard where the order that they list yes. the ingredients it determines what's in there more or yep. less like exactly. the first five ingredients yeah yeah so it's always in um descending order so the first one is the most prevalent uh -huh. or you, so i here's the thing sometimes it can be done by weight sometimes it can be done by um volume but mm -hmm. anyway it's descending order in terms of the what's in there um the most is first and then the lease is at the bottom this is more complex than we could ever i know you oh, really could so talk about this all day <laughs> it's so interesting i wish we had more time i we always say this but our time goes by so fast i really could talk about this all day i could see why your show was two hours like easily easy. easily two hours mm -hmm. but before we go can you tell everybody 
where we can find you and how we can keep up with you. <laughs> yeah, so as I said, the name of the company is Main Insights. That's M-A-N-E-I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S uh, dot com. But um, there's also Save Our Scalp. So if there are professionals who are listening, one initiative I have, and I'm so excited to partner with Jackie at Bronze Beauty Chicago, where this month we're going to find some time where people can come in and get their scalp swab to understand the health of their scalp. Listen, uh, sign me because up. I was, just <laughs> saying, I was about to say the same thing. Like, so. So saveourscalps.com gives information okay. and if you know you are a so it really is laid out for professionals but if you go to all the different tabs and the pages you can see if you want to contact me because you have an interest and yes. I can connect you with someone who does it. and here in Chicago the place to be is Bronze Beauty Chicago but um, that is a new service that we're implementing and I'm really excited about it because it's based on research actually with my daughter with my my youngest daughter um, has been doing research with her mentor at Argonne National Laboratory and um, it's fantastic the work that has been put into and what what we can do with the foundation of knowledge to help people. Mm -hmm. So it's time to disseminate that to hair professionals so that they can better serve their clientele. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, and so saveourscalps.com. Yeah. And then if you want um, to, uh, well, it's contact information on my website, but um, I'm also on Instagram. I do not post as much as I should, but with my daughter leaving, I promise I'll, I'll get better. And then I'm also on Facebook, but I am on um, main insights on both. Okay. Yep. okay. Thank you so much for coming. We for sure need to have you back because <laughs> we have so many questions. But I would love to come back. Thank you so yes. much for coming and sharing your knowledge. And Liz, thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we hope that you guys will tune in next week. Maybe Takara will be here. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't she know. She might get flued out somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope everybody has a wonderful, wonderful Saturday, and we are out. Open your heart, unlock the world. With open arms, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Women share. Women share. Let's talk.